I wonder if this is in there now. <laughs> 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 We're live tonight at the Michael Lane. Back tonight. We are here. Very special episode today. Tonight here with us. Christine is already here. We already dived into mental health for men pre-show a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But we got lots to talk about tonight. We're going to stream for the next hour. And before we're going to dive into this episode, please give it up to the following sponsors of this podcast. Quickrate.ca, that's www.youngsinsurance. No, www.quickrate.ca. 90 seconds can save you up to $900. And with those $900, you can buy yourself a couple sessions of therapy. You most certainly can. <laughs> yes. So save those $900. You can bundle up automotive home or just the home or just the automotive. But please select one at Young's Insurance Brokers in quickrate.ca. They are here locally at 905 Tungsten Street, the powerhouse, 344 quadruple nine. Call now. And if you're looking for Tony specifically, click here. Let's do this. Okay, here. Can I click on this? Yep. See if this loads. Moi, did you reload this? <laughs> there we go. Oh, oh, ah. I'm gonna text Tony about this. All right, let's go. Next episode, next sponsor. We have the one and only injury lawyers and agents of good White McGillary Lester are available now for you for your free consultation in personal injury that is they are having the following services available to you motor vehicle collisions slip and falls long-term disability and insurance disputes yes there's more snow on the way for tomorrow stay safe out there injury lawyers white mcgillary lester frequently frequently asked questions when when should i call White McGillivy Lester for help as soon as possible. Example given after your car accident, slip and fall or disability benefit denial. Yes, reach out for your free consultation. Contact button is right on there. www.tbayinjurylaw.com slash contact. Call now 344-1000. If you like to talk a lot like I, you don't have to fill it all out online. Their team is available too and follow their blog on the latest updates on all the battles they fight for you. Yes, they are. White McGillivy Lester. Also, this episode of the podcast brought to you by Pizza. Explode delicious pizza. The one and only Eat Local Pizza. 801 Red River Road. Now, you can go with the classic pizzas, but you can also go with the gourmet pizzas. Those pizzas only come in the size of extra large, that is. And I'm going to pick right now, scroll down, please. We're going to see, Christine, did you ever have the pierogi pizza? I have not. Okay. Would you dip your... I'd try it. Would you dip it in sour cream? Because it oh, comes yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Did you like pierogies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I had it once and it's a delicious, delicious combination that I would have never thought of. Eat local pizza. What's your favorite pizza though? Favorite type of pizza? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so boring. Uh, pepperoni and cheese. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. That's good. Like like the classic or like Boston yeah. style or? No. No. So it's just classic. Yeah. That's good. You pick off the, the pepperoni or you leave it on? Leave it on. Yeah. Okay, good. Always, or did you used Always. to? My kids pick up the, the pepperoni. Maybe they'll grow out of it. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Eat local pizza. Seven six seven zero 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 zero. Call now, please. Let's go into this episode. It's three hundred forty-seven tonight. Christine, thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank I've, you for having me. I found you on Instagram, and there's a lot of things that are very special of you that intrigued me you do mental health specifically only for men right and then that is amazing and i want to know why because <laughs> that's just like the first question that comes to my mind throughout your presentation through social media and as far as i can tell you were on social media before but something happened and then you were gone yeah i had to restart my account it got uh, hacked no no it got shut down from instagram and then i tried to get it back and i i think i did something wrong you have to do oh. this thing where you send them a picture to show the them driver license? you yeah. and, well you have to show your face and i think i did it wrong but they yeah once you like lose it it's impossible to contact them so in general are. it's almost impossible to contact instagram or facebook right customer support sucks yeah 
It does. I'm sorry. But <laughs> you can get verified now and then supposedly you have first class access. But not uh -huh. in Canada just yet. Would you verify your account? Is uh, that important to you? No, I don't think so. Yeah. It's 15 bucks a month. No. You give Mark Zuckerberg $50. No, thank you. You think Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> is going to therapy? I have no idea. I hope he is. Yeah. Should every man go to therapy? Uh, I think every every person should try it for sure. Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's definitely one way one way to figure your stuff out and learn about yourself. I don't think everybody has to, but yeah, I think it's a great option. Life is so complex. Yeah. It is. Um, it's an unbelievable journey, right? We hear we are we we are live and then, you know, life happens and we don't know what the end is. And some people believe in whatever comes after. Some people will say that's it. That's over. <laughs> right. It's just a journey that's so hard to comprehend. Right. It's time seems uh, infinite, but it really time is not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like time is infinite for you or do you feel realize more and more time passing by? Oh, probably a little bit of both depends on depends on the moment. Mm. Oh, OK. Yeah. 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 For me, it's like I feel like time stopped. <laughs> 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 you know, every day is just like and then you I change, but I feel like I'm the same person. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, maybe that's a good thing. But maybe I've, you've really figured that part out. I don't know. I don't understand life. <laughs> you know? I think life is really hard. You know, I think it's it's a big, big challenge and it's not easy. I think that's important to address because then the expectations change. Right. And it, you being more realistic. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. I think so. So why did you pick therapy for men? Oh, I mean, yeah, that's a tough question to answer because, um, like, I, I think if you were to ask me when I was in school, I like, wouldn't have believed you that I would, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, open my practice and, and specialize in that. Um, yeah. Like, I thought I was going to work with kids. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, you wanted to work with kids? I did. Yeah. I think I, I assumed that. Um, you know, I had a lot of experiences. Uh, like, I worked at a daycare. I coached. So when I went to school, I thought, well, yeah, kids, right? Mm -hmm. um, and if anyone's familiar with the social work program at Lakehead, you, uh, you have your internships or your, they're called placements. But um, I didn't get any of the placements that I wanted. Uh, so I was given one and I really didn't want, I really didn't want, want that one. Okay. Um, and it ended up completely changing the trajectory of where I was going to go. And it was, a, it was a facility for men. Oh, you got that one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I loved it and it was a great experience. And, um, how long were you there? So it was a three month placement. Yeah. And then I, you know, you go on to do more, but wow, right. Doing school, right? Like when you study it and you'll, when you final year or how? Uh, so the bachelor Lakehead program, uh, bachelor of social work. Um, I don't know if it's still the same. This was like 2012. Mm -hmm. Um, but you do a three month in your third year and then a six month in your uh, fourth year. Oh, wow. Okay. And then my master's program, I did another six months. Oh, wow. Free labor. Yeah. Okay. When you free labor <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's an exchange. Yeah. So yeah. It, it just it. I, I guess I realized. Well, maybe there's other things that I'm interested in, and and other sort of areas that I'm good at. And you know, as time went on, and and the different jobs that I had, I think I really gravitated towards working with men. Um, in particular years later, I ran a men's group and I think that really solidified, um, how much I sort of was, was passionate about that. And I think, uh, with the clients that I did work with, there was definitely a common thread, um, amongst the men of certain issues. Um, not that women don't experience the same thing. I think I just saw it more, more commonly with the men that I was working with and there were particular issues that I love to work with. Okay. Like, um, like, uh, well, the emotional stuff. So n 
not being able to be vulnerable with other people, um, really not really understanding their emotions, so really ignoring them, um, avoiding them, like others might perceive them as cold at times, um, in relationships, like really hard to uh, sort of connect and get deep with other people because um, they either uh, sort of lash out or they shut down or they run away when there's conflict. Um, there was a really like lack of understanding of how to deal with emotions and then how to manage that in a relationship, right? Because I think like when you are not good with managing your emotions, you're usually not good at managing others either. Yeah. But I, I love all of those topics. So, um, yes, yeah. there's another one, too. If once you have kids, it's, it changes all again, too. Right. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's yeah. like if you have a kid and you stay together, you know, you know, it works really, really well. Because kids are a changer for your relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a huge challenge. It is. Also, like, not much talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Maybe in therapy, right? Yeah, exactly. Not amongst guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing this out there. Did you... Uh, I had a question when I went away. The... Focusing on men... Ah, yeah, yeah here's a question. Men and women, they have different emotions, so they're emotionally different, or are they the same? Um, I think all humans have an entire range of emotions. I, I don't think we're differently that way, but I think um, part of the reason we are how we are um, can be impacted by gender. That's one thing that can impact how you are. That's society? Yeah. Um, and in our culture in Canada, um, or in, I mean, a lot of Western countries, there's, there's sort of um, a way that we view how women are supposed to be and how men are supposed to be. And we can uh, fall into the trap of um, uh, sort of raising our children to be a certain way, because that's how we understand this is how boys are, this is how girls are. And sometimes what can happen is we um, sort of stifle um, who they are naturally. Um, uh, so certain behaviors or personality traits that may fall outside of their gender, um, we could sort of shut that down. Um, and then so, it bottles up over time? Um, well, I think it just leaves you as you, as you grow, you, you continue to feel, um, like you need to behave in a react and react in a certain way. Um, in order to, let's say, maintain uh, your manhood or to be masculine or to be feminine or to be a certain way. There's certain expectations that are sometimes spoken, sometimes unspoken mm -hmm. um, um, that can lead us to be different, right? So, I mean, like I said before, the particular issues that a lot of the men that um, I work with deal with, it's not exclusive to men. Um, I just more often see it in men mm. and you might more often see it in men and there might be particular issues you more often see in women. Mm. And I think a part of that is the way that we uh, socialize mm -hmm. men and women, right? How we raise them and the sort of lessons we teach them. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, two cars driving and one drives really fast and you think, yeah, it's a guy, right? <laughs> and then you look over and it's actually, it's a woman. <laughs> you right? never know. Right. Yeah. That's a pre-perception too. Yeah, exactly. If you're really sporty driver who cuts somebody off, that's that's an asshole. That's a guy. And then <laughs> it has it's, to be, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's a woman, right? Yes, women can be assholes too. Yeah. Did you watch the, I don't know if you watched anything, but have you watched uh, the Netflix series Beef? I haven't. Okay. No. Interesting. What's that one about? It's about a woman who is very successful with her business. He's, she sells her business, but her relationship is under trouble. And she, they have one child. He is an artist and then she has a car rage moment with another person and it's all over social media and in the end they connect somehow and they come together where you know from hate and rage to a connection that is displayed very well and very like it's well written and well displayed and it's a surprisingly good ending i don't want to spoil anything for anybody but we just finished it last <laughs> night but let's it's really good surprisingly 
it's like you know when they cut off a movie and you know you want more but they they closed it that's those are the best movies mm. yeah so they'll have to see that one yeah was that a good comprehensive review <laughs> I, i think so <laughs> there's a few holes but yeah yeah some cliffhangers you have to leave in there there you go mm. i learned that you can make instant noodles right i don't know if you like them mm -hmm. uh, i love them and you can put an egg actually in there while you cook it and then you know when some instant noodles you leave the flavor with the water in there and it's a little bit reduced and then you have an egg in there it's perfect that's what i learned from beef oh, there you go christine on your profile it says anger emotions and relationships mm -hmm. man's mental health when did it come into um mainstream for you like what do you think was it always out there like um it, in terms of other people talking about it when would is it uh, yeah like we have fighters now in the ufc right when they win they say hey take care of yourself like patty the baddie he did a huge shout right. out about like his buddy he killed himself and you know he said like just reach out or he read you're not alone like that would have not happened 10 years ago no i don't think so right and there's more like that every single time people get a platform where they can share a thought so when when do you think that changed so it's within recent years where mental health for men is becoming a priority priority uh yeah more normalized and spoken about um i mean obviously mental health in general has become a more mainstream uh thing that people can be open to discussing um and then i think men's mental health is probably a little bit behind that um by how much i don't know okay i don't it's it's hard for it's hard for me to tell because i think like working in men's mental health like even before um opening my practice i worked exclusively with men for about five years so it's just like when you're in the the cooker it's hard to know like how much other people are talking about it if you're constantly talking about it okay. um yeah so i don't know when it became truly mainstream um probably the last couple of years maybe i noticed um really in more uh if you're thinking like celebrity cases or like a you know social media in that way i think probably know what i mean yeah i yeah. think about robbie williams right nobody knew yeah i mean that was even many more years ago i guess yeah, that was a while ago i don't know how long that ago was but like that was a shocker and i don't even know after that if there was a ton of conversation um or even a knowing of what happened didn't it come out much later could be i don't well, know you might, might have maybe to put, not put it up pull it up but it was <laughs> a very like out of the blue nobody nobody i don't think anybody expected that and i think that maybe has been um a big topic in men's mental health in the last couple of years is the fact that um uh people dying by suicide and depression um feeling like it's coming out of nowhere uh, right and the people around them being shocked by it as well okay but do you think that's still uh, maybe i don't know i think that changed now like nowadays i think when a guy says hey the the way i came across it i have in my personal experience i the people i engage with they don't ask me directly for help but they say something where i know now this is it like now it's action you know the the person that i have dealt with they would never say I need help because they don't ask for help. Right. Why is that? Um, I think like a really common, um, um, like when I think of it coming out of nowhere, like really severe um, depression or um, even a death, um, I think of uh, what's called masking. So when you, um, you, allow others to perceive you in a certain way or so you, you put on um it's like pretending you're letting others you're not letting others see what's going on internally um so other people in your life don't see it and i mean there's a million reasons why people do that right like um sure uh keeping pain inside like 
you know, I think of, uh, like a belief of, um, thinking mental illness in general, or even just, um, being emotional as a form of weakness. Um, I think of not wanting to burden other people. Mm. Um, but that's also like self-worth, right? When you like, when you feel down all the way and you, you just, you think nobody cares about you. Yeah. And that's another one. Yeah. I'm starting to believe that, that that's the truth as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Or if I say something out loud, it'll make it more real. Um, or just in general, not wanting to disturb your outside world, the reality, disturb others reality. Um, like if I pretend like everything's okay, then maybe I could just push through it and it will be until it's not right. Yeah. Do you feel like mental health becomes a big topic for us in our time now? Because previously in the middle age or later time renaissance, we were too busy to survive. Or do you think we always were um, receptive to our mind playing tricks on us? Hmm. I don't know. That might be a question for a, a mental illness and mental health historian. I don't. I don't know what the perceptions were. Mm. Um, I mean, you could definitely say that a modern world probably has a different um, impact on on how we we deal with stuff nowadays, for sure. So, social media, in a way, then is actually helping mental health for men because it opens it up, but then also it really hurts because. We all know how toxic social media can be. Yeah, it's both. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so sure. too. Yeah, access to good information and access to not so good information. Yeah. How do you filter that? Like, what would be your advice? Spend limited amount of time <laughs> on each platform? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably best for everybody, right? Um, Overconsumption of information <laughs> is not good for anybody. True. <clears throat> Just gonna get another water. I think we probably have an, a hard time with being still and quieting our minds. We always need to be occupied, right? Why is that? <coughs> Excuse me. Distraction. <laughs> because then we, uh, that's another point that reminds me of like, it's easier to think about others than to think about yourself. It's easier to tell somebody, hey, right. your life sucks because of this, I can see it, or I, I want to help you with your life, whatever it is, right? And instead of looking at me and analyzing why I make certain things the way I do. Right. That's like bullying 101. I feel bad, so I'm going to make you feel bad. And mm. that feels good for a moment. But that's almost unintentionally. Or do you think like it's... I'm, I'm sure many of the people that do it are not aware of why they do it. It's conditioned from like early on, right? What does it, how do they call it when they all sit at the coffee shop, the old man? <laughs> The bickering and the like talk the rumors right rumors sharing rumors and stuff that's huge what <laughs> like when in in your like when people come together they there's this perception of a story for example uh-huh and let's say uh the the i watched this movie recently and it's a south korean show about a king and a queen and let's say there was a rumor in the palace and they would say the queen is dead. And they started with the maids, but, you know, they, they was placed on purpose. And then all the, the servants would say, hey, did you hear the latest thing? The queen died. And then, and then the story evolves. The queen died this way. Really? She drowned. And the king wasn't there. And, and then it's just like, it's up and it builds. And it's not even the real story that ever happened. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean with the, the old man at the coffee shop. <laughs> okay, got it now. <laughs> I don't know how I got there, but I forget. Yeah, that's how I connected that. And you have the post here when man keeps things inside it can lead to feeling disconnected. Right. Yeah, and I and I think that's that's again like the classic if you're not connected to yourself or if you're not self-aware, if you don't sort of know yourself well and are connected to your emotion and what's going on internally, it's hard to feel connected to others and, and be good at that. Mm -hmm. What is the mentally, you know, when you, are your parents your biggest influencer then? 
I mean, that's huge, right? Because uh, the people that raise us, like that's when our, our brain is, um, those pathways in our brain are being formed and established. And um, yeah, it can be really hard to break patterns of behavior and your understanding of the world um, later in life. Um, it, it really is established early on, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're not aware of your behavior and sort of how it's linked and, and it, again, like self-awareness, then you just continue on with the same things that you've learned early on. Um, and obviously that's only in the context of, of your relationship with caregivers not being um, like sufficient in what you need to, to manage emotions and be in relationships well. But um, yeah, caregiving your caregivers is huge and it, it's not the only thing. Okay. But. Yeah, because I'm fascinated by that. You know, they, they say parents shape you, right? They trade things onto your behavior pattern. And then, but also I think every person is different and some things are just the way they are. Yeah. Right? Well, and people react to things differently. Like siblings, siblings can grow up in the same home and, and um, their experience with their caregivers could be completely different. Or um, let's say they both have issues with their caregivers or um, it can manifest in a different way. It could show up as uh, differently in adulthood. True. I don't know if you are familiar with the recent case study they published on a guy somewhere in Europe. <clears throat> his brain is literally just the outer skin of his brain. Uh, you look that up, uh, brain study, 90% gone. But he's functional. He has an IQ of about 90. And um, they talk about consciousness. Uh, I don't know where I read it, but just type in brain... Uh, study 90% gone. Let's see if that's going to find it. There you go. Man with 90% missing brain. A 44-year-old French guy. His brain is just gone, but 10% is there and it's the outer layer. But he's living a normal life. And this is like an extreme case they come across. He complained about pain after a nap recently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making this up. And then they tested his IQ and it's like 84. So it's not so bad. And then, but he's just like, he lives his life. And then at the end of the article, they have this interview and they pretty much, uh, the second lesson a quote, perhaps if you're interested in consciousness, that is the manner in which the biology activity of the brain produces awareness. And it's just like, it seems like, there's not one specific region of the brain responsible for consciousness if like 90% mm. is gone. That's interesting. That's crazy. So that's like another thing, life is hard and what the heck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> you can live there a lot. Yeah. So I don't know how we got there again. <laughs> More go back to Instagram. Now, you do it online, right? I do, yeah. Why is that? Um, I mean, I think two things. It's, I find it more comfortable. Um, and I think other people find it comfortable. Like it's, um, not everybody will, but yeah. um, the fact that you get to be in your own space, mm-hmm. um, rather than coming to someone else's space, um, I don't know, it can be really comforting for some people. And it's also about accessibility, right? So being online, I get to work with anyone in Ontario. Yeah, right. Because the licenses in Canada are provincial, right? That's right, yeah. yeah. So anyone within Ontario, but then on the flip side of that, if you're someone looking for therapy, you can look anywhere in Ontario. And if you think of, you know, a few years ago when almost no one did online therapy, you were really stuck with um, choices within where you live. And Mm -hmm. if you're within a town or a city where um, there's not that many um, therapists or practitioners, um, 
like you sort of have to take your pick, right? And now you have options, right? You get to look and see, okay, I, you know, I want to see uh, a therapist of a certain gender. I want to see um, someone who specializes in something specific. I want to see someone who has certain office hours. So, you know, you have so much more, so much more options. Or, I mean, people with accessibility issues um, who can't always make it to appointments, um, yeah. who maybe can't leave their house as readily if they are a caregiver or if they have a disability. Like there, there's so many advantages to it that I love. Do you feel men open up more to a woman in therapy? Because think, of like the whole role of mother motherhood? Um, Because every boy loves their mother, right? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> um, um, I think that could be the situation for some people, for sure. I've seen it both ways um, in my career where, um, you know, a client says, I, you know, I'm not as comfortable with a woman and I've seen it the other way where I'm okay. more comfortable with a woman. So it's character specific, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that could be based on previous experiences you've had in your life. You know, um, in particular, I know someone mentioned like they have a sort of tumultuous relationship with their dad. So like they're very aware that if um, they had a male therapist, it might take them a little bit longer to open up. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, situations like that can happen. How many men have problems with the dead? <laughs> Because on social media, again, and like in general, everybody loves dad, right? Dad is a good guy. But is it really? Like all the time? Like even, and let me generalize this even further. Sure. Uh, we have to, like Christmas, we only hang out with the family and it's the best time ever. That's like, you know, because we, we, we portray ourselves again, like family is everything mm. and we all have a family, but some people maybe don't have a family. Right. And it's not like, nobody wants to know that in a way where it's, I've, maybe it's emerging now more and more, but it's like, it, it's changing still. But I feel like that's the same thing with dad. Do you mean like they're like people want to have the perception that their family is together and their relationships yeah, are good? Of course. I think so strongly. Yeah. I think it's very much so. At least that's what everybody else shows on Instagram. Nobody says, Hey, I hate my dad <laughs> <laughs> or dad uh, was, a, or dad was a bad guy. Yeah. I mean, and you could argue that social media maybe isn't the best place to announce that, but <laughs> yeah, but people spend their time on there that's like their their life mostly i mean i think i would be more concerned there that if in their private life they're not able to say that out loud and pretending like mm. that relationship is good right yeah okay so back to the question then do a lot of men have problems with their dad or is it more like doesn't happen so often just like generalize um I mean, I don't know what the number is or the percentage is, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I don't know if it's better or worse with mom or dad, but, um, yeah, I think it's pretty common for people to have, um, uh, I don't want to say conflict with a parent, but, um, a, a complicated relationship with their parents. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And that can be caused by so many things too, right? Because yeah. like generation wise, we change mm -hmm. perception of what um, we do or is acceptable. Like, you know, my parents grew up when they were beaten in school, right? And that's like, that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> so like things have changed so much so fast. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's a good point. Differing views on how you should live your life, how you should raise your children, how you should just be as a person um, that can cause issues within the relationship. Right. And if we're if we are talking specifically like men, like a father son sort of role, I think maybe how that would manifest is our evolving views of um men being able to be um not just a certain type of man and supposed to be a certain way which is like a really small box if you think of you know how our dads all grew up and and their views on, on what a man should be and then um 
when your son is not fitting within that box, um, what that might be like and how that can disrupt mm. a healthy relationship for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's this, this, there's this whole life built around an opinion, right? Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's ever changing. Like, look at what's this guy's name? Uh, the pop artist who dresses like really fancy. <laughs> what's his what's his name he's always number one he won just lots of grammys too you know who i'm talking I, about i think i know who you're talking about oh, it's like, i can't think of it more right it's, help me no not sam smith no no the uh damn boy <laughs> no he just won but like you Nas know his ex uh, no, but they, there's a couple of other people. Just look, look at the top 10 songs right now. He's in there. Top 10, top 10 songs. Top 20? Okay, thank Whoa, you. More. <laughs> it's a live show, everybody. Uh, not Ed Sheeran, but on Spotify? Yeah. Uh, Post Malone? No, but he lost a lot of weight. And then everybody thinks he's not mentally not so dude, right? That's perception. Right. Everybody was worried about him. Mm. Harry Styles. Harry Styles. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> right. You got to it. Yeah, it took a while. But like Harry Styles is like you know he he's out there, and that's cool. But I can see like that's where Dad is gonna say, "Oh, what's going on here?" For example, right? Not like not that he would, but like because he exp he's just expressing himself. He's being himself. Right. And it's just. The perception of how we are supposed to be is so different than from that time to here. And yeah, like what is um, what's valuable as a human being? The the beliefs are going to be so different, right? If if that's completely ingrained in you, like this is what it means to be a respectful, good human. Um, this is the way you're supposed to dress and act and behave. Um, and your child goes outside of that. That's yeah, that's complicated, right? That might make you think like i don't want them to get rejected i don't want them to um not belong um to be judged um i don't want to be judged um yeah you yeah. it's kind of like you want to protect them too yeah yeah and then you also protect your own identity yeah and then that also probably pushes them away too right it's a <laughs> yeah it's a two two a sword that's edged on both sides of course uh dna gecko says i sound it's easier with talking to a woman for him i think that's what it means yeah, <laughs> yeah i did find that digging up the past brought up pain i buried yes i think so i think we have that all and you know because life continues consistently and there's really like you said we always out in the next thing Mm -hmm. and then plus all that information that's thrown at us and then we 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 are driven by content that is getting shorter and shorter and you can just swipe <laughs> exactly you can instantly make yourself um feel better <laughs> um which sort of connects to bearing pain i always think that people go like they, they skip about 10 steps in between they just want to get over something and they want to problem solve it and they don't sort of uh, do all the the steps in between like um feeling bad about something just allowing yourself to feel bad um and really just sitting with it and thinking about it and being like why is this coming up um connecting it to their thoughts and feelings making meaning out of it and then um letting it pass people often just skip to like i need to get over this um i need to ignore this i need to distract myself and then they never go back to those that middle stuff and i think that's a lot of how it gets buried mm. and then you you help them in a way where you know you talk to them about what happened yeah and and i i don't think that it's always necessary to that you have to go back to all these situations in your life and go detail by detail about what happened, but it's sometimes just um, acknowledging it, right? So 
working with people to understand what they are feeling if they don't know, right? Like, what does it feel like in your body? Like, what would we label this? What are the thoughts that come up when we think of that experience? Um, and how can we make meaning of it? Like, how, how does this make sense within the context of your life? Right? So we, that we better understand ourselves. Mm. So when another situation comes up later, we can go, oh, this is a familiar situation. This is an, uh, a feeling that I've had before. Um, and they're able to make more connections. So it's not so okay. scary and they don't automatically go into like shutting down and ignoring it. Right. You're, you're allowing them to figure out what those steps in between are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest part is, is acknowledgement. So again, not necessarily going back and looking at the details, but acknowledging that something is, um, worthy, um, and I, I hesitate to say space because that's like a therapy word <laughs> um, of giving an experience space and saying like, this was something that was really important um, and I'm not going to bypass it. I'm going to acknowledge that it was, it was difficult. And this is um, the feelings that came up then this is why, and I'm, you know, now I can sort of let that go and let it pass. And um, which I think brings back, brings relief to the present. Okay. Really? Because um, I think there, are, if you don't do that, there's a lot of stuff that sits underneath, right? That burying pain. Mm. But if we acknowledge it, um, it's easier to let it go, mm. I guess would be the word. It's healthier, right? To go through the emotion instead of putting it away. Yeah, totally. Yep. Mm. How's that with anger? Oh, anger is a complicated one, right? Um, what is anger? Like, <laughs> why do we get angry? Why do we get angry? Oh, um, anger is when we don't like something. <laughs> mm. But right? it's almost like it's, it's a, it's like a bottleneck, you know, we, it mm-hmm. just, it gets more and more. And then they do it in those Hollywood movies, right? The way then eventually the normal guy in a blue dress shirt with a tie, he just explodes. And he yeah. does something like out of the ordinary. He would have never done. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a difference between anger, which is a very normal emotion that we all have that is perfectly okay. Okay. And then there's... Rage. And and then we yeah, and then we think of anger that you sort of you're exploding. So um this is something that I do talk a lot about is like, well, when it when is anger a problem? Anger is fine, but when is it a problem? So one of them is when the intensity doesn't fit the situation. Right? Like if we're talking about like sandwiches and then I'll I get really angry at you and start yelling, it's like, okay, well that you can you can be upset about something that you said, but to that that big reaction um, says that there's something deeper behind it. Like when you start shaking, like like you know you like you must have experienced that. Like I've experienced people being really angry, and they like they, they, right. the speech changes and they, they short breaths, and then they just start shaking. They're like they're really angry. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's often because they, um, you know, if. It, if we're talking specifically of, of men, like anger can be a more socially acceptable emotion Interesting. and a way to express emotion. So that energy that maybe you oh, got from other emotions um, goes through the channel of anger. Interesting. Right. Um, so that's why, you know, um, it's a really common thing if you, um, you know, are someone who consumes mental health content, but sort of the anger iceberg, like anger is at the top, but everything that's underneath, like, Oh yeah. Right. Like, um, is it anger or are you actually embarrassed or are you feeling shame or are you, is it grief? Is it, you know, it, there's so many other things that are attached to it, especially when there's a big reaction. Okay. Um, and unfortunately sometimes we're not aware. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to tell the difference, right? Yeah. Maybe? I don't know. Like, because it's just overcomes you. Yeah. That's where therapy comes in. Because it opens up the communication of like what's happening. Yeah, exactly. So you can know. I always think that there there's stuff that comes before that explosion. It's just that person probably isn't like attuned to 
what's happening inside them. So it feels like it comes out of the blue, but like, I if, agree to that. It's a yeah. build up. Yeah. If you get better at, at sort of knowing what's going on with you and, and getting to know yourself better, you, um, it's probably more preventable. And, um, that's stuff that's bottled up. If you are able to deal with those things before or, or learn how to, um, express yourself or like articulate what's going on, you probably won't get to that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a choice, right? How to react. Um, maybe, or in the end, it's just doesn't matter anymore. Sort of. I think you get to the point where you're like, I would say like your thinking brain goes offline at some point okay. and you have a more difficult time problem solving, thinking, thinking things through. It's why when you get really, really angry later, you go like, why did I say those things? Why did I do those things? It's because you're, you're part of your brain that is able to do that for you kind of gets overtaken by that other part, that other part that needs to protect yourself to get defensive. And, mm. you know, it's sort of, you go into another level of motion. Is that like survival instincts? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's another thing to think about when you think about really, really big emotions. It's, it's, you're now, you're now in protection mode. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Do are depressions different for men than women? Um, I mean, most of it is overlap. Um, from what I understand, there is maybe some things that you might see more commonly in men. So, um, like, hmm. I'm trying to think I had a, I did have a post about this on my old Instagram, oh, okay. <laughs> sort of what those extra things were. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the extra things are just usually, um, um, ways that men might mask it better. Um, so it might, they might be more likely to use substances, um, to, um, like work a lot more. Um, so a lot more distraction techniques. Yeah. Um, less so sort of aligned with those things like getting less emotional, right. Being a bit more like, mm -hmm. um, uh, stoic and emotionless. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That comes to mind a, a TikTok I recently watched about Justin Bieber when he, um, he first started out and he, uh, he wanted some kind of award and there was this older lady and she just like, you know, she, she, grabbed him and gave him a hug and just like, I don't know what she did, like, but too much. Mm. Right. And he even said, well, you just, this was too much for me to handle, like right in front of the microphone. But it's just like, nobody talked about that probably. Right. And in, in that way back then, and now it pops up where you can see a pattern, you know, he was on certain shows and people said things that are not appropriate um, to a child because that's what he was. And, you know, right. he would just, he was, um, that's maybe the wrong, objectified, maybe? Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's the right word. Yeah. So he's just like, and he, you can tell he's uncomfortable, but he's in the show. He can't like, you know, and that shapes you too, who you become and then uh, how you, how you continue in the future. Right. And I think we can link that to maybe like how men are socialized. If you think of boys, if we're perceiving that men, um, are less emotional and they should, uh, show strength and they should present themselves in a certain way. Um, when they do the opposite of those things, right. If they are sad and you know, the classic, like boys don't cry, those types of things. Um, if you're getting the reaction that says not to do those things, um, I'm trying to think where I'm going with this. <laughs> yeah, then they never have a way of expressing themselves. It's right. It's almost like it's taken away from them. Right. They're, they're learning that their humanness is not going to be accepted in that way. So I'm going to just um, retreat 
into myself. I think it's important to be tough, you know, but it's also okay to cry because yeah. we, you know, there's moments of defeat or there's moments of reassessing in, in your personal development. I think that's so important because nobody's perfect, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's just like, you gotta step back and look at yourself and express your feelings. I think that's really important. Yeah. I um, think I've written before about strength and how we understand it, because I don't think strength is like pretending that you don't have feelings, which sometimes we believe that that's what it means. Like, I, you know, I'm not going to show it. I'm going to be the strong one for others or, you know, things like that. I, I really don't think that's what strength is. I think it's more when difficult things happen, you're able to face them and you're able to push through. It's not ignoring them. It's like facing them head on. I think that's probably more accurate mm. or a better description that we should use. <laughs> yeah. And that's fears. Okay. Too. Right. Didn't you make a post about fear recently or maybe I'm mixing things up. Mm. Maybe you didn't. I don't remember. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a question here. DNA Gecko wants to know, do you think that doing it, in person as you can read the body language instead of online um i i definitely think that's a downside um because yeah that 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 can be really helpful um i think when you're talking to someone and you could see what their hands are doing you could see you know if they're tapping their toe and you could um see what's happening in their body to read if they're nervous or if they're anxious and 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 things like that yeah that can for sure be a downside i think online you sort of have to switch to like like just verbalizing that and asking them right about mm -hmm. um their comfort and what they're feeling and um having to tell you rather than being able to see it fully yeah i don't know about that I, of course i don't do therapy but we did a couple of zoom calls for uh, when we couldn't do in person and the first couple were different for sure but for me then like once i got past a couple numbers it was just like it was just like how it was in person for me yeah i was like you know i could not feel the difference i was able to make a connection with my guests yep it's uh, of course it's different but i think it is it works very well it works very well you get used to it yeah yeah it's interesting and you pick up other things you wouldn't have otherwise i think so too so fascinating very fascinating. Let's go back to Instagram. What are we going to pick there? No, you picked anger. How do I come to fear? How do you I make all know. those? How do you make all those slides? And how much that how do you post so much? Like you, every day you're on there. Um, it's amazing. I you know what I blog on my website. Um, oh, okay. So in like pretty long, let's post the pretty long form. So yeah, I find that that gives me so much content right if you just like break it all up and you have little snippets and um and i think you have to you have to like doing that kind of stuff like i really like making graphics and making it sometimes making explanations for things more visual um so it doesn't i don't know it, do, it doesn't really seem that um mm, burdensome for me yeah. in, in terms of my time i i find it comes pretty easy there's one how do i become a better father than my father that's like the ultimate, right? Everybody wants to be better than their parents to give their child a better life. Yeah, everybody does for sure. Yeah. yeah so I think in this one, uh, um, yeah, it talks about intergenerational trauma, but there's an exercise of like questions to ask yourself. Like if you just, if you're like, I want to have a better relationship with my child than I did with my parent, um, but do you know what those things are, right? Or you do, do you just feel like you want a better relationship? Like what about it? Oh, okay. Interesting. So, so like a if, connection? Like yeah. So, I mean, 
right there. It just says like, if you, um, you know, woke up in the morning and, and your father was the father that you needed him to be, like, how would you know? How would you know what that difference was? What would you notice? What would be different? What would you see? What would you hear? What would you feel? Um, what would he be doing differently? How would he respond? And some of those can give you clues on um, what your values are as a father um, and, and give you more momentum and knowing the things that you want to work on. One of the posts you also recently made was men have um, postpartum depression as well. Yeah. Talk about that. Um, that's just something that I think people needed to know because most don't. Um, and uh, for a long time, I, I, I had no idea about that either. Um, but when I became more interested in and in working with um men who were fathers um yeah i realized that not many people know that that men can also experience postpartum depression that men can also experience hormone changes um you know if their partner is experiencing depression at the same time um, the birthing partner they can also uh, are way more likely to experience it it's true yeah so it, like and then again you have to be the stronger one you have to put it on yourself. Yeah. And if you think that postpartum depression doesn't exist, that it's only for the birthing partner, you may feel like, well, I shouldn't complain or I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be as affected uh, from this as I am. Right. And that's another sort of thing of like not feeling like you could talk about it. So do men even like realize what they're having? Um, I would expect not. I mean, I don't know for sure. That's just, that's really just an assumption. Like, um, if many people don't know about it, they, yeah, I, I would think that they would assume that it's not that. Yeah. That's how, just how I feel. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That, that, I like that post a lot because there's mm, postpartum depression for women has become more aware. Yep. And, you know, I really love what they do now. They have, uh, after you give birth, even here in the hospital, they have uh, mental health experts. They come by and talk to you and they make that time. And they ask you specifically if you want to go therapy and if there's anything they can help you with. That has mm -hmm. changed. Like, that wasn't always, always that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, now this is a little bit of a new topic. Now we're realizing that, you know, it isn't just the birthing person that might be affected yeah okay so like mood emotion management in a way <laughs> oh, okay how common is it like every second guy every third guy in general um i'm not sure i don't know if i had it on those um first slides but like i mean in that one that we just passed it was like like there's not a lot of research on it it's mm -hmm. really really small so okay. Um, yeah, so eight to 10% of fathers is what we know right now. Why do you think we as men would feel that way? Like, you know, is that like, is it natural? Because it's such a big event of your life is changing. And then, you know, everything is new and you're getting overwhelmed or like you don't know, maybe it's a control thing. Um, I mean, there's so many reasons why that can come up, like why some people might experiences and, and, and others don't like, like, I think in that post there's, there's risk factors, right? Like one of them is like okay. being a young parent. Um, again, your, your partner experienced depression, poverty, if there's already relationship conflict, if you have a lot of sleep deprivation and, and that changes depending on who you're, depending on your baby. Yeah. 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 Um, we if you have certain views of parenting, like if you're really fearful of it or like it was un, um, unexpected, mm. that can completely change your mindset going into it. That's true. Okay, good. And then your ability to cope with it. Yeah. How do you get mentally stronger as like, you know, as a person, as a man? Meaning like, how do you take care of your mental health as a man? Um, it would depend on the man. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I think... Um, keeping with the topics uh that i talk about and what i see um it's really eliminating this view of um emotion as weakness and seeing vulnerability 
and managing emotions as beneficial to yourself overall, right? Um, knowing and understanding how you feel and why and your thoughts and and really getting attuned to what's happening inside is going to make you more purposeful in your life, um, in your decision-making and being able to reach your goals, to be able to have um, the relationship that you want. Like, I think that that's all connected. Um, and of course, under, understanding yourself better is isn't just in therapy. You can do that in different ways, but I'm obviously biased. Mm -hmm. No, I think therapy is very helpful. I think everybody should go for it. It should be almost like a, um, a thing that we grow up with, right? We have somebody when those person, those people can change, but like you can talk to people and then that way you learn how to communicate in a way where you can express yourself and like there's like no fear of judgment or there's no fear of anything really because it's just like trust and you can you can really just express yourself i think that would be a huge step forward if we can make right. it more accessible for everybody and there's ways Definitely. right now but like i there you know it's also it's not perfect <laughs> no it's not perfect exactly and but, then when those people have children they'll be more equipped to provide them what they need to yeah. um, continue on into adulthood. Yeah. Then the whole world will become a better place. That's the goal. Yeah. It makes sense because, but it takes time too, right? Oh yeah. Because it's like almost like an evolution because now right. we start to talk about it and we learn and it's never ending. But then if people who are successful in therapy, they pass it on and then it's just like, it's, it's an, it's, it's a good way to do it. Yep. I like that. I like how you said that. And we have one final question here. Then we're going to wrap it up. We're over the hour already. Uh, DNA Gecko, I just, uh, one of the big fears of his is dealing with a family member that has passed away, like my real mom and dad, even though they have hurt me. What would you say is the best way to deal with it? This is a very personal question. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, grief specialist by any means. Um, but I think that that's a common struggle when you have a complicated relationship with a parent, but there's still a connection and a want of, of a healthy connection. And when you don't, there's so many complicated feelings that can come with grief, right? Yeah. They pass away. It's like, there's so many things. And I think acknowledging first what all the complicated feel and contradictory ones like relief and anger and sadness and regret and all of them um i mean that's the first way right figuring figuring out everything that's happening yeah something specifically you come into right as a therapist <laughs> sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And I think once you get better at doing those things, if you know you're someone who goes to therapy, that, that there's going to be situations in your life that you're going to be better able to deal with. Um, and you're going to be able to support yourself and tell other people how to support you because you know yourself better. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. That's so important. That brings me to back to earlier where, like, where I had to intervene directly was people wouldn't ask directly for my help. Right. But they would say something where all the alarm bells would go off. Mm -hmm. Where I knew, okay, if I don't... But I had to learn that too. I didn't know that before. And I would let it slide. Yeah. And then I get a phone call and say, hey, he's in the hospital. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. because, But I don't know that, right? Yeah. But now I know. And like, it's even... It's with different guys. It's not the same guy. And then I know, okay, well, you know what? Yeah, this is now it's I have to drop everything and we gotta figure this out. Yeah. Once you go through something and figure it out, you you do better the next time. Yeah. If it's almost like, oh that's crazy. Because you I didn't know at all. And then I get the phone call and I'm like, oh. And then different guy, same thing. But I'm able, I'm able to be there. 
Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Exactly. It's a tough thing to do. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's not even that you have to do it, but you can get somebody else who can mm. look after right away. In in my situation, it was like that. Like, right. You know, it's not. It doesn't have to be you. Right. Maybe you. But you can do an action where somebody else can help as well. For sure, you don't always have to be the only one. The only. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's. I think. I'm. I'm sorry, but that was my final <laughs> comment on this. I feel like we could talk way longer. I, I could talk about this forever. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm, I'm Christine. I'm very thankful that you were here tonight, and, and I feel like we should do that again once a little bit time passes, and you know we can visit other topics and right. discuss more things. I would love to do that. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to put all the description how to contact you and where you are on Instagram on the in the description below. You find Christine there. If you have any questions, you hit her up. And for today, tonight, we're gonna call it a night. Everybody, thank you so much. We're going to sign out. And Christine, thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. That's it. Go off. <laughs>